Hey, you're listening to the Encounter Church podcast. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit us at ecdenver.org, or you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you for listening. So, uh, I'm really excited about this series. I'm starting a series, and uh, you know, a couple years ago I did a series called Conversations with God, and that was phenomenal for me, um, really great. Uh, last year, a couple years ago, I did one, uh, Conversations with Jesus. So today I'm starting, uh, launching a new series, and if you ask me how long, I don't know. We're going to do it like I did the other ones, just go till it seems like God's done, and whatever. But the series that I want to start is called Journeys with Jesus. Journeys with Jesus. And so I know in March, uh, Reese did a sermon on journey, it was kind of the theme for our march uh, to journey to the cross, journey to Easter, um, and that was kind of something we did for Easter in March. However, um, this series, I was thinking about it, and if you think about Jesus, he traveled a boatload. I mean, seriously, once he kind of laid down the carpenter stuff, he was moving often, almost always. He didn't stay put very much, didn't stay in one area very much. So I was thinking about this and the idea of travel. And uh, so I brought my suitcase, and this is actually the suitcase I travel with. And I can put in this suitcase, I will pack, I can pack up to like three weeks of, of uh, <laughs> and it's carry-on, right? It's carry-on. I know, you're like, why? Because whatever you bring, you have to carry, right? You have to take it with you. And sometimes I don't like having a boatload of stuff. So, but I know how to travel. I know how to travel really well, actually. I travel, and I have traveled, started traveling international when I was five. So I know you get on a plane. I know how to do a long flight. I get on. I have my suitcase. I have my little system on my little structure. You know, I have my little earbuds or big head headphones because some people like to talk to other people on the plane. I do not. I'm not that one. <laughs> I like, whoo, you do you, boo-boo, I'm not talking. And I get my book out, I get my pen, you know. And, and if I go on a long flight, um, one of the things that I really like, depending on the airline, because I'll curl up next to the window and I have my little pillow thing, you know, and I have my compression socks, you know, because trust me, <laughs> I've done this a lot. I know how to do it. One of the things I really like if it's the right airlines is everybody has like these little personal screens, you know, for your, your movies, personal entertainment. And some airlines can, you can go through the movie list and put like, pick the ones out that are your favorites, you know? So like, if you don't, so that way you don't have to like, when you're done with a movie, go back and try and find them all again. It's you have it all in your like little favorite file and you're like, ooh. So when I get on the plane, I, I pick what the movies are that I like and they just kind of lock them in and load it. And I'm like, I know how to do this, right? Makes sense to you? I know how to do this. And so I have like my little playlist of, of movies that I watch. And so today I want us to watch a brief little short movie um, on journeys with Jesus. And we're going to look at one of the journeys that he talked about. So let's play this brief video. And uh, this is going to be um, kind of our content for today's message. Ready, go. What should we do? What do the scriptures say? How do you interpret them? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. You're right. Do this and you'll live. Who is my neighbor? 
Not those soldiers. Yes. What about Caesar? There was once a man going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when robbers attacked him, stripped him, beat him, leaving him half dead. It so happened that a priest came that way. When he saw the man, he walked by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also came there, went over and looked at the man, and then walked by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was traveling on that road came across the man, and when he saw him, his heart was filled with pity. He went over to the man, poured oil and wine on his wounds and bandaged them. Then he put him on his own animal and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he gave the innkeeper two silver coins, and he told him to look after the man. And when I come back, he said, I will pay you whatever else you spend on him. Which one of these three acted like a neighbor towards the man who was attacked by the robbers? The one who was kind to him. <laughs> you then do the same. Mm -hmm. ah. So if you're familiar, this is the Good Samaritan, right? It's the parable of the Good Samaritan. And you read about it in Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through like 37. So we're going to talk about this journey. Because I think it's interesting in this parable to consider that there was a man going from Jerusalem, walking down towards Jericho. And it was a pretty familiar path that this uh, particular road had a boatload of, of bandits, bandits on this road. And I bring it to your attention, they're bandits, um, they're not thieves. And in the Greek, it's a different word. If they were thieves, it would be kleptomaniacs, kleptos, right? Where we get our word to steal. But that's not the word that's used in the Greek. It's the word lesteo, and it includes not just stealing, but very much violence, and so, in the parable, the man is going down the road, and he is attacked by violent bandits. They beat him, and they left him half dead. So, what I want us to think about, um, and you're like, how does this relate to me? What is this going to help me with? I'm going to tell you here, because this is probably, and this, this message has been percolating in my soul since the beginning of March, and I feel like it has relevance to every single person in the room, each person online. Because what happens to this man is, you know, the priest walks by, you know, keeps walking, the Levite walks by, keeps walking. But the Samaritan, and remember, Jesus is telling the parable to a Jewish lawyer. <laughs> so Samaritans are like, whoa, yucky people. They're, the, they're like the villain. Nobody likes, no Jews like Samaritans. They're like disgusting, repulsive. You know, we don't want anything to do with them. And in this parable, he's telling to a Jewish lawyer to answer his question, who's my neighbor? In this parable, the villain is the hero. <laughs> the villain, the yucky person, is the one who comes and I want you to catch this because this is the key part that I think is so very, very significant and breaks open the whole thing for us. It says a Samaritan comes to the man. He has compassion and he binds up his wounds. This word wound in the Greek is the word trauma. When you think about trauma, trauma happens in one of three ways. Trauma happens 
from an actual attack, a physical attack. Trauma happens from neglect or abandonment. And trauma happens to this victim on the road when they took his clothes. They took off all of his clothes. So exposure. And if you know anything about trauma, all of us have had trauma in our lives. Some of us have had, maybe you had small trauma coming to church today. We used to have trauma <laughs> coming to church on Sundays. I always think I was talking to Ensel the other day. We were talking about my dad. He would get so mad, we would be late. We had only one car, and this was way back, way three buildings ago. And we'd, we'd be running late, and he would have the car in the driveway, and he would be honking the horn. <laughs> Because, you know, he's a pastor, get it to church. And so it was traumatic. <laughs> That's kind of a funny one. But, but I think you can probably look in your life and consider that you may have had different kinds of trauma. It could be something small like, you know, your dad laying on the horn, get, your, get yourself to, to church. It could be something big. But we have all had trauma. How many of you can identify some things in your mind you're like, yep, that was traumatic. Something from a father, from a mother, from a teacher, from a coworker, from a fellow classmate, traumatic. I remember when I was in first or second grade, I was running along uh, at recess on the blacktop, and one of my buddies tripped me accidentally, and I fell and scraped up my hands, and my, my face got scraped up really bad. And so I had this big cut, gash on my face, and it was traumatic. So trauma can be physical things, trauma can be emotional things, and trauma isn't always something that, that is done to you, like a violence. It can also be neglect, abandonment. That's a form of trauma. So the, the um, Good Samaritan comes and he sees the victim on the road. And the victim is the uh, consequence of three forms of trauma. They took his clothes exposure and there's potential that there's some sexual piece to that as well doesn't it's you know we don't know but they took his clothes they beat him and they left him those are all traumatic experiences and what happens is when you experience trauma sometimes it leaves you half dead and sometimes if you have trauma in your life Sometimes your experience with that, and we, we know psychologists have talked and, and documented a boatload, PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, lots of trauma. But I want us to really consider that Jesus steps into that. And part of this parable speaks to recovery, speaks to healing, speaks to the journey, and, and, and absolutely coming out on the other side. But what happens is when we experience trauma, we tend to do one of three things. Fight, flight, or freeze. For some of us in the room, some of us online, our personalities are wired up. We're, we're, we're more combative. We experience trauma and it's like, Roof! we get aggressive and want to fight back. And for some of us in the room, when we experience trauma, <gasps> you know, we run. <laughs> Flee to the hills, run away, you know. Some of us freeze. But all of this to be said, 
that the people around us, including us, we all have had trauma in our background. And if we're not careful, the trauma that we've had sometimes is the operating system. And it affects us sometimes more than we realize. So if you've had traumatic something in their background and you have a trigger that initiates that, a lot of times you'll revert to that fight, flight, or freeze. How many of you can relate to any of this? You're like, uh, maybe. Well, I want to point this out to you because I think sometimes if we're not careful, we don't necessarily, the trauma starts to play into our behaviors, into our thinking, and we don't even realize it. And we're acting from a trauma self and not our true self. Your best self is not the trauma self. <laughs> trauma, you, we go into these behaviors because it's, it's natural. It's the way we protect ourselves. But sometimes what happens is we'll experience something from the past and, and that plays into the background of our thinking. So we behave from the trauma self. And it's difficult and it's challenging. But in this parable, you realize there's two people that we're going to talk about today. One is the victim. And if you're not careful, the trauma self is the victim. But I want to present to you that instead of being a victim, this person in the parable becomes a patient. A victim is a permanent mentality. But a patient is moving towards recovery and healing. And in this parable, and I'm, you know what? I'm all for praying and supernatural. I'm all for instantaneous healing. I'm all for 100%, 100%. But I also know from this parable that healing can be a process and can be part of the journey. So in this parable, you have the patient. He's a victim when the priest and the Levite walk by, because there's no change. But when the Samaritan steps in, not it, he moves from be, being a victim to a patient, to recovery. So in the parable, there's the, the patient, and then there's also who I call the hero, the Samaritan. And what does the Samaritan do? And so when you look and see... You'll see that in this parable, the Samaritan does several things. There's, in essence, eight verbs that the, the hero does for the patient. And I'm bringing this to your attention because I think for all of us in the room, sometimes we are the patient. And sometimes in your life, there are people that you come across who are. They're behaving out of trauma out of that background. And, you know, it can be ugly, unpleasant, distasteful. If you see someone behaving in, in out, of a, out of a trauma mindset, they can be combative. <laughs> You're like, what? Why'd you take the gloves off, you know? Or they can be, run away. I'm scared, I'm freaked out, so they, they disappear. Or they just get stationary. And I'm bringing this to your attention because the people that are in our lives, not just us, there are people in our lives that have trauma, that are basically operating from a trauma background, a trauma self. And a lot of times, 
if we look at them, they, we don't like the way they look. We don't like the way they talk. They smell, you know. If you took me to an ER, I would not do well in an ER, emergency room, right? Like, I find that stuff uh, makes me twitchy. So if I see some blood and guts and gore, I'm out, you know. I'm like, can't do it. But I think, too, we have to be careful that sometimes people that we see in our daily living, whether it's a homeless person or whether it's somebody at work, somebody that's hostile, somebody that's aggressive, so, you know, oftentimes behaviors that we don't like is because, not always, but it can be from trauma in the background that's playing as the loop, the operating system. So maybe for us or for the people in our lives, some of the people we interact with, but on the positive side, the hero side, let's consider what happens here. Because the hero comes, and I like what, what happens. Because the first verb, is a, in Greek it's the word orao, and it means to see. And both the priest and the Levite, they saw. They saw the victim. Absolutely. The Samaritan hero also saw. But the next verb is that it says he has compassion. Compassion. So he sees, and instead of the priest and Levite just walking on, he is moved with compassion. And then it says he comes to him. And when he comes to him, he doesn't walk away. He's not repelled. Because trauma can be very repulsive. I mean, you don't want to be around people who, who are traumatized. It can be difficult. But the Samaritan, the hero, comes. He has compassion. He comes to him. And then it says, he binds his wounds. That means he covers them. He pours in oil and wine. Wine because it's a disinfectant to clean it out. Oil, it soothes. Like Neosporin, you know, we do both. Because it's an antiseptic as well as soothing mixed together. They didn't have it back then, so oil and wine. And then it says... He lifts him. He lifts him up and puts him on his own beast of burden. He doesn't leave him in the place of trauma. He picks him up and he leads him. Leads him and then it says he takes care of him. So all these things are part of recovery and part of trauma being healed. Then the last thing I want to point out to you is, it says the hero, the Samaritan, he takes him to an inn and he pays the innkeeper. He spends the night and he pays the innkeeper two denarii and he says, if he needs more money, you know, take care of him. So the taking care continues, not just from the hero, but also with the innkeeper. Take care of him. And I want to point this out because some of us, you know, moving, we might see ourselves sometimes as the patient, we're recovering. We might see ourselves as the hero, we're participating. And some of us are not just the first responders. Some of us are the innkeeper, the handoff. Because sometimes that healing is a progression, is a process. And you may not have all, you may not be all that in a bag of chips, but you have a part to play. You have a little bit of, of participation in a person's healing and their recovery. 
And so the, the hero, the Samaritan, pays two denarii and buys time. Time for the patient to continue to heal. Now I bring all these things to your attention because as we think about our own lives, I want us, as I said, think about yourself as the patient on the, on the road to recovery and healing because sometimes we behave from the trauma self. Anybody relate to that? I remember I was in, uh, <laughs> I was in Russia with my kids. They were like two, three, and four. And um, I had a traumatic experience there. And it still makes me twitch. I remember we were in a, a taxi. And you never get in a taxi without first knowing how much you're going to pay and agreeing to that, right? I mean, that's one-on-one. So we get in the taxi. It's my kids, my friend. We're all riding um, to, I don't know where we're going, someplace in Russia. And uh, we get out of the taxi. And I go to pay the guy. And he starts, and my Russian is super not good. I mean, <laughs> that means I only speak a little bit of Russian, you know, and that's about it. And my numbers are really shady and unreliable. So we get out, and he tells me, you know, so many ruples, and it's all in Russian. He doesn't speak any English. So I give him what I thought he said, and he starts yelling at me, like, no, you know, and he's getting super irate. And, you know, when somebody gets angry, they get more volatile and faster and, you know, the whole thing. And so he's going out, I'm like, no, you know, this is what we would do. And I'm trying to go back in my broken. And he, and so he starts to get super aggressive with me. And I start freaking out. I'm like, Ugh! and so I told my friend, take, take the kids, you know, don't, I don't want my kids in the mix with all of this. And so this guy and I are toe to toe and he starts to physically push me and like starts to attack me. You don't want to talk about traumatized, right? And still it has a memory and I still, and I, and suddenly I think it was totally God bailed me out. He's like, hey, you did the numbers wrong. You did your conversion wrong. And he's actually right. I'm like, oh, oh, that's right. So I paid the guy and he's like, he'd back down. But still, all that said, we all have these trauma stuff. And sometimes we have to really recognize and appreciate it's having an impact. Trauma is making the decision. Trauma is, is controlling. Trauma, I'm, I've resorted back to some of that past stuff. And I need to realize I'm not a victim. I'm a patient. Because I am deeply loved by Jesus. Jesus has identified with me on the cross. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But also in our lives... We can be the hero. And we can recognize, and I love, I love what the Samaritan did. He saw a person and not a trauma. The, the Levite and the priest, they saw the trauma. And they were repelled and kept walking. But the Samaritan saw the person. The Samaritan saw past the trauma to the person. And the Samaritan saw that, that he can get better, get well, get healed. And family, I want us to think of ourselves in, those, in both ways. That there are times when we behave sometimes from the trauma. And there are times when we need to see somebody <laughs> from a hero perspective and not just keep walking. And so as you think about this, um, I'm going to have the ushers pass out this card here at the end.
Um, this is uh, patients, heroes, and innkeepers. And on this card, the very front of it, it gives you the Good Samaritan story from Luke 10, verses 33 and 35. tells you what actually the Samaritan did. Thanks, ushers, for doing this. And then on the back side are the eight verbs and the two investments. Eight verbs. What can we do? And if we are in the patient mode, then let's, uh, let's see Jesus. Let's allow Jesus to be our hero. That Jesus sees us. That Jesus has compassion on us. Jesus comes to us. He binds uh, our wound, bandages it. He pours in oil and wine. He lifts us up. He leads us. He takes care of us. And he provides for us financially as well as with time. Because we are recovering. And Dr. Jesus <laughs> is the best doctor for all trauma. At the same time, maybe when you see someone, hear someone, have experience with someone who is behaving in a trauma manner, fight, flight, freeze, then consider these verbs to be part of their healing, part of their recovery. And I bring this to your attention because I think that our journey with Jesus takes us in various experiences through life. Some are, are peaks and some are valleys. And sometimes we come across people who are yucky and hurtful. Sometimes we are. We struggle. We go through seasons, experiences. But in this journey, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus has healing, not only for us, but also through us. So I'd like you to take this card and over the course of the next week, I'd like for you to ask yourself, both for the, the person who was beat up, is this when I'm in this scenario or does that trauma from, from my past, does that affect me today? Is it, is it the one doing the operating system? Something I remember when I was little. I, now I have a really hard time doing anything backwards. I did a backflip off of a trampoline when I was five and landed on my head and was knocked out. So anything backwards for me. So that still is difficult. So the question I want you to think about this week is, is there stuff I'm doing, is there ways I'm thinking that are based out of trauma? And if so, when you might recognize some of that, then bring this card and ask Jesus, hey, Jesus, I'm here. I, I, help me to recognize that you see me. You come to me. You have compassion. Jesus does all of these actions. But also as you read this card over this week and you, you think about these verbs, I also want you to be aware that there are people in your life, people that you maybe don't like, <laughs> and people that have maybe hurt you, people that have, that have been traumatized, traumatic to you, and then participate and say, well, maybe I'm not going to be the hero, but maybe I'm the innkeeper, but I'm a part of healing. 
and not just the ongoing trauma. Because Jesus puts us in the journey of life to be his hands, his feet, his healing. And I leave this with, with you for you to think about. And we're going to finish with um, one of the songs we did for worship. Just so powerful. You know, when you think about the, the victim on the Jericho Road from Jerusalem down to Jericho. When you think about that victim, it says they took off his clothes, they beat him, and they left him. I want you to be aware that that's exactly what happened to Jesus. They stripped off his clothes before he was crucified. They beat him. And when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus understands. He is a man acquainted with our griefs, our sorrows, our struggles, the trauma. Jesus knows. He gets it. And he's also our healer and the victor over any trauma. So as we finish with this message, I just want to have you stand to your feet. We're going to finish with this song because I want us to see that Jesus is the ultimate resurrection, the ultimate life, and the ultimate healing for all the things that we have experienced in our journey of life, journeys with Jesus.
and that you bring healing through us. For each person in the room, each person online, I thank you that you absolutely redeem and you turn around, transform what has happened in the past and you also use us for healing to people around us. So I speak healing to each person in the room, each person online, healing, healing of your heart, bringing healing through your hands, healing with your footsteps, healing in your mind, healing in your thoughts, healing that you see, that we see through the eyes of Jesus, our ultimate healer. So thank you, Jesus, for your love, reaching to us as well as through us, for healing us and helping us to walk in ultimate transformation, redemption, healing, as healing agents in our world. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for continuing to heal through us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Encounter Church, visit ecdenver.org or find us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram.